0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 47 of the Hydrogen Nowcast for March 4th, 2022. The Hydrogen Nowcast is sponsored by New Day Hydrogen, helping fleet owners meet their zero emission vehicle needs. If you're the fleet or transit operator and your fleet is wondering how to convert to zero emission vehicles but still meet your operational needs, New Day Hydrogen can help by providing public hydrogen fuel stations near you and showing you the available fuel cell trucks, vans, and buses. To find out more information about both vehicles and fueling, visit the newdayhydrogen.com website, where you can also submit requests on the contact page. Now, regular listeners to the Hydrogen Nowcast may have noticed that I don't focus on hydrogen news. I leave that to Paul Rodden and his podcast called The Hydrogen Podcast. Because podcasts tend to persist on the internet for a number of years, my goal with the Hydrogen Nowcast is to make the podcast more about the technology and helping you listeners integrate all the aspects of the hydrogen ecosystem into a deeper understanding of hydrogen's role in decarbonizing our energy systems. But that being said, in this podcast, I do want to start with a news item from February 24th, 2022, and use that as a starting point to talk about hydrogen and Colorado. Now, notice I didn't say hydrogen in Colorado, and that's because a lot of the things happening in Colorado with hydrogen connect to other states and across the globe, which I'll talk about. So the news story that I'm referring to is the announcement that four U.S. states have announced their combined effort to pursue one of the hydrogen hubs being funded with the $8 billion from the U.S. federal government as part of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which was announced in November of 2021. Now, those four states are Colorado, Wyoming to the north, Utah to the west, and New Mexico to the south, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the text of that announcement. Now, of course, a a number of other locations in the U.S. are working on their own hydrogen hub proposals, and I hope they all win. However, I thought I'd use this idea of a regional hydrogen ecosystem to talk about what's going on in this four-state Rocky Mountain region, So it's my hope that you listeners to the Hydrogen Nowcast find this interesting and possibly even provide you with ideas that you can apply wherever you live in the world. And if you're an investor or if you're with a government agency, this podcast may provide an informative introduction to hydrogen in the Rocky Mountain region. Now, I personally believe that Colorado and this region is likely to be the next major hydrogen center in the U.S. after California. Now, because of the unique geography in this region, I think it's important to start with that. Now, the Rocky Mountains extend in a north-south line from Canada all the way to Mexico. And this line of mountains forms a natural barrier, which has caused population centers to form along them. Now, the reason for that is that the mountains not only form a barrier, but also because people want to live near the mountains for the physical beauty and the recreation they provide. And this has happened both in Colorado on the east side of the mountains and also in Utah on the west side. So essentially these metropolises are mirror images of each other. Now in Colorado, the population center spans around 140 miles or 225 kilometers from the city of Fort Collins in the north to Colorado Springs in the south. And this area is known locally as the Front Range. Now the total population of Colorado is 5.8 million, but Estimates are that about 5 million of those people live along this front range. Now in Utah, the population center spans around 110 miles, or 177 kilometers, from the city of Ogden in the north to Santaquin in the south. So why is this important for hydrogen? Well, it's because these metropolitan areas form a cohesive customer base to use hydrogen, And the award criteria for the hydrogen hubs is to show generation, transmission, and usage of hydrogen. Now, another aspect of the geography is that travel to the mountains for recreation forms a challenging use case for zero emission vehicles. Now, for the foreseeable future, zero emission vehicles mostly means electric vehicles. And remember that an electric vehicle is any vehicle propelled by an electric motor. And there are two types of EVs, vehicles which get their energy from batteries and vehicles which get their energy from hydrogen fuel cells. Now, this recreational travel often ends in remote locations for hiking and biking and camping and skiing and snowmobiling and fishing and all those fun things. And the distances traveled are often quite far probably 60 to 150 miles or 100 to 250 kilometers, and always involves steep grades. Now, the recreational vehicle use includes hauling of equipment like trailers for camping, trailers for snowmobiles, or trailers for motorcycles. Other vehicles include recreational vehicles or RVs and just fairly large vehicles loaded with a lot of people and gear. Another thing is off-road travel on rugged, challenging roads is also popular. Now, what all these use cases have in common is that they virtually exclude the use of battery-powered vehicles because the loads are too high and there's no place to charge at the destination. So this region sorely needs hydrogen-powered vehicles, and a lot of them. You know, it's estimated that Colorado has about a half million skiers and Utah almost as many, and summer recreation enthusiasts nearly outnumber the skiers. All right, so what about other uses of hydrogen in this region? Although transportation is likely to prove the biggest user of hydrogen, other users include the electric utilities for power generation. Converting gas turbines to hydrogen could extend the life of these gas turbine assets. Now, Utah already has the Intermountain Power Project, which replaces a coal-fired plant with a gas turbine powered by hydrogen. And the hydrogen is generated using renewable energy and stored in underground caverns. Now, there's always been a lot of mining in the Rockies, so mining vehicles are another use for hydrogen. Since hydrogen fuel cell or even hydrogen internal combustion engines don't produce any CO2 or carbon monoxide, this is an added plus for hydrogen-powered vehicles that may be used underground. Other industrial users are cement and steel making, of course, of which there's some in the area. For energy transmission, hydrogen pipelines could provide a more practical way to transmit energy than by building additional electrical transmission lines. Now, this is because transmission lines are often blocked by the public because of the aesthetic visual impact. But hydrogen pipelines are underground, so out of sight, out of mind. All right, what about airports? Well, airports are another excellent target for hydrogen usage. The Denver Airport is the seventh busiest airport in the world. Although the Salt Lake City Airport is about a third that size, It's still a large energy consumer. Now, immediate hydrogen uses at airports include things like tugs for moving aircraft. In fact, the company U.S. Hybrid already makes a fuel cell aircraft tug. Another hydrogen use is for passenger shuttle buses to the parking lots and to rental cars. Now, Denver also has a large number of shuttle vans that run from the airport to the recreational mountain towns, both in summer and winter and distances range from 90 to 180 miles, or 145 to 290 kilometers. Now, this combination of distance, steep grades, and heater and air conditioner loads demand hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Now, this region also has renewable energy institutions in the form of national labs, which are run by the U.S. Department of Energy. In New Mexico, there's Sandia Labs in Albuquerque, and Los Alamos National Labs, of course, in Los Alamos. Now, Colorado has the National Renewable Energy Labs, or NREL, in the Denver area. Now, regarding universities, there's the Colorado School of Mines, which has an extensive hydrogen research presence, and Colorado State University has their Energy Institute, also researching hydrogen technology. Now, the executive director there, Dr. Brian Wilson, is one of the co-founders, along with me, of the Colorado Hydrogen Network. And speaking of the Colorado Hydrogen Network... This is another asset in the Rocky Mountain region. In just two and a half years, this organization has networked together almost 300 hydrogen stakeholders to collaborate, to share information, and, well, network regarding the hydrogen ecosystem. And these stakeholders include, of course, hydrogen companies in Colorado and around the country and around the world, but also institutions like the Colorado Department of Transportation, NREL, and, of course, the Colorado Energy Office. Now, the Colorado Energy Office has taken a number of steps to foster hydrogen energy in Colorado. In October of 2021, the Colorado Energy Office released their Hydrogen Roadmap. This provides information and guidance for the development of the hydrogen ecosystem. Earlier from that, in September of 2019, the Colorado Energy Office was instrumental in helping Colorado adopt the California Zero Emission Vehicle Rule, or ZEV Rule. Now, this takes effect in Colorado with the 2023 model year, and those models will start coming out in the fall of 2022. So what this rule does is it gives incentive for automakers to make zero emission vehicles like hydrogen fuel cells available for sale in Colorado. However, the automakers are waiting for someone else to first deploy hydrogen fuel stations before they move into the market. So a number of companies, like the podcast sponsor New Day Hydrogen, are at work deploying the first hydrogen fuel stations. Now, once a few stations are established, the hydrogen transportation market is expected to scale quickly. Now, in 2021, Colorado legislators, with direction from the Colorado Energy Office, passed Senate Bill 260, which creates new sources of dedicated funding for hydrogen fueling and battery charging through what are called enterprises. And these enterprises are intended to preserve, improve, and expand existing transportation infrastructure, which includes hydrogen, to develop the infrastructure needed to support the widespread adoption of battery and fuel cell EVs, and to mitigate environmental and health impacts of transportation system use. So next, let's turn our attention to sources of hydrogen in the Rockies. Now, all four states, Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, have abundant and reliable sunshine for solar photovoltaic arrays. Eastern Colorado, Eastern Wyoming, and Eastern New Mexico have abundant wind resources. Now, Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico have large petroleum reserves, both oil and natural gas. However, use of this petroleum for hydrogen generation is problematic, both because of the need to capture and sequester the carbon dioxide produced, but also because of the fugitive methane leaks inherent in the process. But this doesn't have to be the case. By use of the proton technology process to convert the hydrocarbons to pure hydrogen underground and therefore bring only pure hydrogen to the surface, this would resolve both the methane and CO2 problem. Now, I interviewed Proton Technologies way back in Podcast 13 on November 10, 2020. Uh, Proton Technologies' website is simply proton.energy. Now, something else to note is that Colorado has over 20,000 abandoned oil wells that are well suited to this process. And many of these wells need remediation anyway, so using them to produce hydrogen would solve that problem as well and could turn liabilities into assets. Now, another promising source of hydrogen is natural hydrogen wells. And one of the few companies in the world developing this resource is Natural Hydrogen Energy LLC, which is located in Denver and Paris and their website is nh2e.com now natural hydrogen energy actually has the first hydrogen well in north america which i visited in the uh, june of 2021 hydrogen occurs naturally underground and is generated by a continuous and sustainable process accessing hydrogen is done by a simple well bore similar to a water well now another advantage of these wells is that the hydrogen is usually accompanied by helium which is another valuable industrial gas there's a link to a scientific paper about natural hydrogen wells on the Colorado Hydrogen Network website on the resources page at colorado-hydrogen.org resources. So listeners, I'll put links in the show notes at colorado-hydrogen.org podcast to all of the things that I referenced today. Well, listeners, I hope this gives you some insight into the hydrogen ecosystem in Colorado and the Rockies, and I hope you found this useful and interesting. So as usual, I'd like to ask that if you enjoyed listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please consider subscribing to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. And once again, I'd like to thank New Day Hydrogen for sponsoring the Hydrogen Nowcast. New Day Hydrogen is working to build out and deploy hydrogen infrastructure to enable any of us to convert to zero emission vehicles. And lastly, if you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me through the website at colorado-hydrogen.org or on LinkedIn. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.